This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, how sweet it is as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are very much alive and well in the NFC playoffs by virtue of a 30-20 upset win over the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night of the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. Oh, you know, you know that the smile is not only on my face, not only on the players and the staff's faces, but it should be on all Buccaneer fan faces everywhere after this victory. So many layers as to why it feels so good to say Buccaneers defeat the Saints. Let's begin with the two losses during the regular season, including getting hammered, embarrassed at home in November, and yet you turn around now and play the game that matters the most. On the road, in the Saints' house, in the Superdome, in what could be, and it turns out that it likely is, Drew Brees' final game, and the Bucks come away with the win to KO the Saints out of the playoffs and head now to the NFC Championship game to take on the Green Bay Packers. So Buck fans, rejoice, celebrate, be thrilled, and enjoy this podcast coming up because we've got highlights, we've got post-game interviews, I'll give you my thoughts and analysis, and we'll set the table for what's coming already this week with the Bucks still very much alive. And now, dare I say it at the beginning of the podcast, one step away from playing at home in Super Bowl 55. Yes, and become the first team ever to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. It is now within sight. It is not within grasp yet. You still have a tall task to go win at Lambeau Field, but guess what? You have already beaten the Green Bay Packers earlier this year in Week 6 back in October, so you do have that confidence coming in. And I will reiterate, I realize it's a Buccaneers podcast, something that I have been saying for about three weeks now. It is still appropriate. It still fits. It still matters. Most dangerous team in the playoffs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm talking about any team before this began, just from the standpoint of the Hall of Famer Tom Brady at the controls. From the standpoint of getting Devin White back on the defense, as we knew that you would in the postseason, all the weapons on offense, and with everybody counting this team out after those losses in November, and I understand nationally when you didn't beat the Saints on Sunday night and it was ugly and you lost to the Rams after that on Monday Night Football a couple weeks later and then the Chiefs came in and torched the secondary, that most people would look at the Bucs and say, well, why do we care about them as a playoff contender? And you're winning the games at the end of the year, and most of the observers, the national media, the talking heads, those on the internet, the keyboard warriors around the NFL are all saying, oh, you didn't beat anybody with a winning record. Even the victory over Washington last week at the playoffs, oh, they're 7-9. Well, guess what? You could only beat the teams that were on your schedule at the end. You worked your way into the five seed to be able to play Washington in the first playoff game. And now you got that win to set up a grudge matchup with the Saints. And the bottom line is the Buccaneers were just better. In the Saints' house, especially in the second half over the course of the third and the fourth quarter, this team is a dangerous team and is exhibiting it now. If you didn't know, you know now. They are a dangerous team headed to I realize the Packers are at home. I realize it's going to be cold. 
But I also realize that the Buccaneers have demonstrated they can run the football in these first two games, these first two wins of the NFC playoffs, which you have to do if it's cold and you're going on the road. And now the timely defense comes through for this win with the Saints again dangerous team so so much to get to again however you found us by the way thank you for doing so social media link via the buccaneers mobile app buccaneers.com uh the apple podcast if you're subscribing via a podcast go find us on apple podcast subscribe to the buccaneers mobile app and you get the automatic notification one thing is for sure we're not done yet you will get a recap podcast coming up after the NFC Championship game one way or the other. And I may be, may be about to have a special Nothing But Bucks edition later this week. So you want to subscribe because then the podcast comes automatically to you. You don't have to find out like hours later or a day later or a couple of days later, oh, when's the podcast? Typically, it is a post-game recap podcast. But I'm telling you, I may do something special for the NFC Championship game, in particular with former Buccaneers that have played in such a big title game. Bucks there for the fourth time in franchise history, for the first time since the Super Bowl win in 2002, when this team defeated the Philadelphia Eagles, and oh, by the way, shut down the vet, Veterans Memorial Stadium in Philadelphia forever. Rondé Barber going 92 yards with the pick six off Donovan McNabb to close down the vet. And then the Bucks seven days later, no two weeks off back in 2 just one week in between the championship game and the Super Bowl, pummeled the Oakland Raiders, the then Oakland Raiders, 48-21 in Super Bowl 37 for the only world championship. Bucks in the title game in the NFC three other times in the history, or two other times in the history of the franchise. That includes the 1999 loss to the St. Louis Rams, who beat the Bucks 11 to 6 that day, scoring a late touchdown from Kurt Warner for their only touchdown of the day, the greatest show on turf. And previously the 1979 game with the LA Rams at home where Frank Corral kicked three field goals and the Rams defense shut out Doug Williams, Ricky Bell, Jimmy Giles and company in the NFC Championship game, Leroy Selman and company on the defensive side of the ball, Batman Wood, Neil Colsey, all those guys. They slowed down the Rams enough to hold them to nine points, but not good enough to win in the NFC title game. So three previous times before this one, you have two losses to the Rams franchise and one win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And this, by the way, will be the third consecutive time that you're playing the NFC title game on the road, although it's the first time in 18 years you've been there. So, so much to get to and discuss now about playing the Packers. We'll do that later. We're ready now to get into the highlights of this game from Sunday night, January 17th, the third meeting with the New Orleans Saints, the 22nd time since the 1970 NFL-AFL merger that two teams were playing for the third time in the postseason with one team having beaten the other in the first two meetings. So 22nd time that a team that had won the first two would still have to play that same team in the third game at home. And so that's that's the showdown uh, here for the Superdome and the backdrop. Drew Brees and company having beaten the Bears last week after the Bucs beat the Washington football team. So all of this was set into motion. And truthfully, as we get into the highlights here, we got plenty of highlights. we got post-game interviews coming up from our Hooters post-game show. Uh, the highlights we don't have here 
the kick returner Deontay Harris coming up with a, a huge punt return to begin this game after the Bucks got the toss and uh, or got the football. The Saints won the toss and deferred. Bucks went three and out and punted the ball, and Harris had the great punt return. But the Buccaneers were able to get him out of bounds, slow him down and get him out of bounds. Bradley Pinion helped slow him up before the tackle was made downfield. And that was key because the Saints were unable to get seven from the punt returner even after that and had to settle for a Will Lutz field goal. And then the same thing happened on another uh, series. The Buccaneers could not pick up the first down. And so actually I think they did pick up one first down on that opening, uh, on that second series but still had to punt the ball away. And again, it was Harris getting free and this time took it all the way for a touchdown. However, in the middle of that return, you did see a flag fly and 99 times out of 100, a flag on a punt return once the return is happening is on the the receiving team for an illegal block, a hold, a block in the back. And this was clearly a block in the back by one of their uh, kicking team members who shoved Anthony Nelson right in the back as he's coming in on Harris to try to make a tackle about the 35 or 40 yard line of the Saints. That sprung the whole play. So a good call, the flag comes back. Now the Saints still drove it with Drew Brees and got into field goal range and then made the game 6-0 with this kick right here. 42 yard field goal attempt. Brees has kicked a 23 yarder. The spot is down, the kick is airborne, it is good. And the Saints lead 6 to nothing. So Will Lutz's second field goal made the game 6-0, and it's worth saying again, game could have easily been 10-0, not just from the punt being called back for the penalty, but if the Saints on the drive go ahead and punch it in with the weapons that they have, give credit to the Buccaneer defense and the job that Todd Bowles' crew did from Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett and Indomitian Sue on the defensive line, Devin White. Welcome back, Devin White, off the COVID-19 list missing the previous two games everywhere on the field Sunday night at linebacker he and Levante David in that young secondary with Carlton Davis Sean Murphy Bunting Jamel Dean these names that you've been hearing over and over again Jordan Whitehead is like the grizzled veteran and he's got four years in the league uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. back there lurking even Mike Edwards all these young guys one or two years in the league for the most part we're back there in the secondary, and they deserve credit for holding this thing down to a 6-0 game. So then the Bucks got the football and started to make some things happen on offense finally in this one. In fact, it was a long drive, a time-consuming drive that stretched from the end of the first quarter into the second quarter. The Buccaneers used up some clock, gave the defense a rest, gave them time to regroup. You would have loved to have had a touchdown, but Brady couldn't find uh, Rob Gronkowski on a pass towards the end zone. So that would set up the first points of the game for Tampa Bay right here. Brian Suckup will check in to attempt a field goal of about 26 yards. Pinion the holder, good spot, the snap, the kick is right down the middle. And the lead is 6-3 to three now. Bucks get on the scoreboard early in the second quarter. These the calls of Mean Gene Deckerhoff on the Buccaneers radio broadcast. I promise they're going to get more exciting as we go along here in the highlights on nothing but Bucks. All right, so the Buccaneers able to get that field goal, and then for the first of several times, things got hyped. They got live on defense as Drew Brees was pressured on the Saints' next possession, and here came the first of several takeaways for that Buccaneer defense. 
Long count, Breeze. Here's the snap. We send the blitzing linebacker, and Breeze flushed out of the pocket. It's a pass. It's intercepted. Picked off at the 40, to the 30, to the 27, to the 25. It's Sean Murphy Bunting. Sean Murphy Bunting steps in front of the pass. Yes, he was mugging. Uh, Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas, uh, it could have been a flag called. It was not called. They let him play. Murphy Bunting gets the pick and not only gets the pick, but gets the ball down inside the five-yard line on the return. By the way, Sean Murphy Bunting joining Rondé Barber as the latest Buccaneer to have two interceptions in the same postseason. Rondé obviously doing it back in the 2002 Super Bowl run year. Uh, Also... Uh, that year. Uh, Dwight Smith did it with two interceptions uh, in the Super Bowl win over the uh, over the Oakland Raiders off Rich Gannon in that game. But Murphy punting uh, again. Johnny on the spot and that sets up the Buccaneers and their first touchdown opportunity of this game inside the five-yard line. 11.20 to go. We are at the three-yard line moving left. Here is the play-action fake. Brady throws the ball, caught Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay. There you go, Tom Brady. And you just heard the only catch of the day for Mike Evans, but he made the one that counted over the top of Marshawn Lattimore to put the Buccaneers in front for the first time on the day, 10 to six, cashing in the turnover with points. And that would be the theme as this game would go on of the Bucs causing the turnovers and then cashing them in. Now to the Saints credit, Uh, They were able to catch the Buccaneers flat-footed with a trick play. And wouldn't you know it, it's former Buccaneer quarterback Jameis Winston who stepped out on the field originally at a wide receiver position. They ended up handing the ball to Emmanuel Sanders, a receiver, who flipped it back to Winston. Well, and let's let Gene call what happened. I'll catch Kamara. He'll hand the ball off, and now a flag has been thrown. Maybe a free play downfield. Wide open receiver. Caught ball of the 20. Inside the 10 to the 5, and it's Traquan Smith. That's a 56-yard catch and run on the bomb for Traquan Smith. The flag was on the the uh, the uh, originally on the Saints for illegal formation. They picked it up because the tackle eligible had reported to the officials even though they may not have announced it on the loudspeaker. So it was not an illegal formation. The play was allowed to continue and stand, and it ends up being a touchdown and a huge trick play, and obviously a play, as we said on the broadcast, that Sean Payton took right from the Chicago Bears, who used it against the Buccaneers, or used it against the uh, the Saints last week, where Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback, lined up as a receiver, roughly about the same area of the field, on the right side of the formation as the receiver, got the ball near midfield, threw the bomb, uh, to Mims, the receiver, and he dropped it in the end zone. Well, Peyton and, and the offensive staff of the Saints saw that and said, hey, we're going to put that in, and they used Jameis Winston, stuck him out there on the field, snuck him out as a wide receiver, flipped him the ball, the play's perfectly legal, and the Buccaneer defense burned. Four different guys on that play went with Alvin Kamara into the left flat and on the left sideline. Nobody with Traquan Smith down the right seam, down the middle of the defense for that touchdown. So momentum on the side of the Saints, but this is where the Bucs once again showed composure. Uh, In the two-minute drill, Tom Brady able to execute, able to get a first down pass to Leonard Fournette on a third down play, able to hit a couple of other throws, one to Cameron Braid, then looked long for Chris Godwin, looked like for a second Godwin had the ball in the end zone for a great leaping catch, but it came out of his hands as he rolled to the ground, and we've seen this so many times in the NFL over the last 10 uh, years or more, that if you don't hold that ball going to the ground, it's automatically incomplete. 
Uh, if it comes out of there and you don't maintain possession all the way through going to the ground, they're going to call it incomplete. They did. So the Bucks had to settle for a Ryan Suckup field goal, his second one of the day. And you get into the locker room at 13-13. And you got to say this, with the way that the game looked like it could have gone with the big punt returns and the fact that the Saints had golden opportunities to get touchdowns early, maybe could have been up 14-0. Instead, they're only up 6-0. You get a turnover yourself. You cash it in for a touchdown. You get the field goal in the two-minute drive. You had to feel really good. We were saying this at, at halftime on Buccaneers Radio. When I was talking with, uh, with Dave Moore, our analyst, the former tight end. You got to feel good here that you got this game tied. Yes, the Saints are going to get the ball to start the second half, but you're right in the game. Unlike the November meeting when New Orleans just jackhammered the Bucs 31-0 and blew us out in the first half. This was a game, and this was a situation where you knew with Tom Brady at the controls, you're going to have chances to score in the second half and chances to win because you're in the game. All right, so the second half does begin. The Saints take the opening kickoff after the touchback and get a couple of handoffs going uh, to Alvin Kamara. Uh, Kamara actually ran for a, a tough yards, uh, big time, uh, on that opening drive of the third quarter. And then that would lead uh, to this, the opportunity for them to take the lead here early on third quarter with Breeze looking for the end zone. Out of the injury timeout, Drew Breeze with a shotgun. Kamara on his left hip. Takes the snap from McCoy, drops, looking right, looking right, throws the ball to the air. Ah, caught ball, touchdown, New Orleans Saints. Great grab by Traquan Smith, his second touchdown of the game. That's that name, Traquan Smith, again, the former UCF Knight, who comes down with the 16-yard touchdown catch, his second one of the day. And New Orleans back in front now at 20 to 13 in this one as they had to be feeling good about themselves with the uh, tone-setting drive to start the second half. But this is when the Buccaneers would reverse things. They ended up after their first possession having to punt the ball. And you're thinking, okay, now it's time for the defense to do something. And the defense did do something here, did make a play as Brady would have this completion, or actually Breeze would have this completion. But the Buccaneer defense after the catch ends up making an enormous momentum swinging play. Here is the snap, third and two. Pressure coming, it's a battle, caught ball. First down, they throw to the tight end, Jared Cook. Fumble. It's fumble ball, picked up by the Bucks. Devin White. Devin White follows a blocker down the sideline with a stiff arm to the 40-yard line. And the Buccaneers come up with a football. Second turnover of the game as Antoine Winfield knocked that ball out from Jared Cook's hands after the catch as Mean Gene was calling it here on Buccaneers Radio. And then Devin White, the former LSU Bayou Bengal in his second year playing a game in the Superdome against the Saints, ends up picking up the fumble, the second turnover of the day. And you could just, you could tell the Buccaneers suddenly jumped to life with some confidence. Again, they're able to move into scoring range uh, after that. And, uh, and the Buccaneers uh, this time able to get something going over the middle. And here was the pass play that tied the game from inside the 10-yard line. Three receivers to the left, Godwin, Tyler Johnson, and Mike Evans. Here's the snap, and Brady has time. Starts the pass, goes to the back. Caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. It's Leonard Fournette. How about that throw on third down and five? A six-yard touchdown strike. Threw it right to number 28. He made the catch at the one and dove into the end zone. Yeah, third down play there to Leonard Fournette. Six-yard touchdown catch. Did we mention about Devin White being an LSU Tiger? 
and uh, and loving to play against the Saints. Leonard Fournette, an LSU Tiger, grew up rooting, dreaming of playing for the New Orleans Saints, maybe in a playoff game. Instead, he's playing against the Saints, and he catches a touchdown to tie this game back up from six yards out. Tom Brady just building on his legacy with his second touchdown of the game. And now 76 of them in his playoff career, staggering the numbers. He is by far, by more than 30 touchdowns, the all-time leader in postseason touchdowns thrown in NFL history. So the game back tied up. And the Buccaneers, again, continue to make plays. We had talked in the pregame on all of our buildup with Night Train Lane and John Gilmore, the former tight end, hosting all the pre- and post-game coverage. Dave Moore and I on the pregame with them. We talked about, hey, this defense just needs to be opportunistic in the second half if it's close. You're not going to have to stifle the Saints the entire time. It's not needed. Just get a stop or two. Get a turnover. Get a stop. You're going to probably do enough to give yourself a chance to win. The defense got to stop. They forced New Orleans to punt. The Buccaneers then moved the ball again with Ronald Jones running it well, with Brady getting a couple of third-down conversions, one of them to Chris Godwin. And that set up Ryan Suckup again, putting the Buccaneers in front. How money has this kicker been? His third field goal of the day makes the game 23-20 to at that stage. And the Buccaneers really feeling it in the fourth quarter now of this game after that drive as they led 23-20. But you knew New Orleans would be coming after a Tampa Bay here at home at the Superdome, wanting to get back into the NFC title game. And this time the Buccaneer defense up to the challenge as Breeze was looking to throw. Buccaneers defense, four-man front, dropping Breeze. Breeze dropping as the pass. Oh, it's intercepted. Picked off by Devin White to the 40. Shoves a guy out of his way. Inside the 30, Devin White down the sideline. And the Bucs have the ball. We're in business deep in Saints territory. Yeah, you think the former number one pick, the fifth overall pick, Devin White, wasn't having fun on a Sunday night, picking Drew Breeze, the future Hall of Famer, off enormous moment in this game. With a lot of time left in the fourth quarter, but this gave you a chance now to go, especially after the interception return. I mean, he ran that interception return back from the midfield area about another 20 or 30 yards. You get a couple of plays. You get down inside the five-yard line again, and that would lead to this from the Buccaneer offense and their quarterback. Here it is, second down and goal from the one. Quarterback sneak Tom Brady did to get in. Yes. He's very close. Is it a touchdown, Mr. Ref? Is it a touchdown, Mr. Referee? Sean Hockley, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Tom Brady gets the rushing touchdown to cash in. You'll hear more from head coach Bruce Arians about that play and the improv that it was. And now you've cashed in again with another turnover turning into seven points. At this point now, the Saints had turned it over three times, and the Buccaneers had put 21 points on the board. Again, I say, now how huge was it they didn't get touchdowns at the beginning of the game. Now they're turning the ball over. At that stage, it was the first time that the New Orleans Saints had given the ball away three times in any game this year. Hadn't had three turnovers in any game. They don't. They just. They they play well. They don't turn it over all the time on offense. Even with Taysom Hill replacing Drew Brees at quarterback, they didn't turn the ball over in his games. At least not to this extent. And, uh, and the damage continuing to be done. We started having to look season by season on when's the last time the Saints turned the ball over three times in a game. Uh, and it had been a while for that as well, and I'll get to more of those stats in a moment. So now New Orleans has the ball back, and they were clearly in trouble, down 30-20 to 20 here after the Bucs had cashed in that latest turnover for a touchdown. 
and that would lead to more defensive pressure and really nails in the coffin from the Buccaneer D. Breeze dropping, looking, uh, throws the pass to the right side. It is intercepted on the far sideline. Bucks have the ball. The question is, was Mike Edwards inbounds when he made the pick? Oh, yes. Another interception, this time on the deflected ball. Mike Edwards comes down with it. It was off of Jared Cook's hands. Levante David was there in the way. The ball batted up in the air. And Edwards comes down with the play out of that young secondary, only a second-year player out of Kentucky. My goodness. Uh, how about this, folks? I was just saying it before the highlight. The, the New Orleans Saints had not turned the ball over four times in any game going back four full seasons. How rare was this to see what we were seeing? you got to go back to 2016 in a game against the Detroit Lions for the last time at the Buccaneers, or I'm sorry, that the Saints had four turnovers in any game. Four full seasons, including the playoffs. Uh, incredible. And that same season, later that 2016 season in December, is the last time the Saints were minus three in the turnover margin. And that was a loss to whom? The B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S Go Bucks. They, uh, in a December game at Raymond James Stadium, the Bucks defeated the Saints that day and took it away three times without turning it over. But at this stage, after the Edwards interception, you were plus four. Saints were minus four in the game. That had not happened uh, for them going back four seasons. Hadn't turned it over in four uh, years, four times in a single game, three times in the second half. The Buccaneers pick up a couple of first downs, a pass to Chris Godwin gets him a first down, then a rushing first down, and that did it. That meant you could kneel on the ball with the Saints out of timeouts and a fantastic performance, especially in the second half in a 30-20 to 20 win over the New Orleans Saints. Vengeance is mine, thus saith Bruce Arians and the boys. After losing twice, including a humiliating 38-3 loss in November, the Bucks get their revenge in the game that mattered the most in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, 30-20 to 20, to advance to the NFC Championship game. So again, it had to be a happy locker room. I know out on social media, again, I'm taping this podcast on Sunday night late and in the middle of the night, but I've already seen a couple of social media posts uh, about the Buccaneers' celebration in that locker room. Uh, rightfully so. A sweet victory to keep the season alive, and when it was done on our Hooters postgame show, I spoke with the head coach with his team now a step away from Super Bowl 55. Coach, first of all, congratulations uh, in advancing to the NFC title game. Uh, the, the area is obviously thrilled. Uh, what are your emotions immediately after this one? Oh, really excited, really happy for our players. Guys played their tails off, and uh, we knew it was going to be an emotional game, and, you know, we had to keep our heads in it. And, um, you know, defensively, we just kept making plays, and offensively, we would take those turnovers and turn them into points. They turned a 13-all game into the lead with an opening drive touchdown in the third quarter to lead 20-13. to From there on, again, you took the ball away three times. You scored 17 straight points and won the game. What switched around for this team to win this game today? Yeah, just hanging in there. A solid belief in our locker room of each other. You know, it's just a matter of it's a 60-minute game. Just go out and make plays. I mean, they're going to make plays. They're a really good team. Uh, they made plays. We made more plays. The Devin White interception, from what you recall on that one, describe the play. Yeah, it was, it was a man-to-man coverage, and uh, 
you know, he did a great job of bumping his guy and then shooting off and just – Devin's got great hands. And, uh, I mean, just did a great job of picking it off and making a heck of a run. And you're able to convert with a touchdown on the Tom Brady sneak there inside the five-yard line. That ends up being the final margin. Just describe the confidence in having the 43-year-old with quarterback sneaks. Yeah, we had a different play called, and he saw an opening and then uh, took it in and got it in the end zone. So that's, that's Tom being Tom. You know, after so much was said about the November meeting and the loss, uh, how much did that motivate this team, especially this week with us, the media, everybody asking about it over and over again? How much do you think that factored in to uh, going and getting this done today? Nothing. I don't think it mattered at all. We knew we were a different football team than that team. And, uh, you know, we've gotten better and better since that ball game, and we were very, very confident coming here. A couple of young guys able to make some big plays late in this game. One of those, Tyler Johnson, on a third down play. Again, that was on the far sideline from you, but describe that great catch to keep a drive alive. Yeah, what a great catch it was. I mean, Tyler's really, really coming on. And Tom put a back shoulder ball over there. It was a little bit low, and, I mean, he just made a tremendous catch. And, uh, you know, all of Scotty made some big plays. When A.B. got hurt, both those guys stepped in and did a great job. Another another rookie that make it, makes a big play, his college teammate at Minnesota, Antoine Winfield in the third quarter, poking that ball away from Jared Cook. Really seemed to flip the momentum of the game around. Again, from your vantage point, what did you see on that play? Yeah, it was just a great effort. It really did. It changed the whole momentum of the whole ball game. And uh, I swung it all in our favor. And uh, you can't say enough. He should be defensive rookie of the year. Um, I mean, in my book, nobody's even close to him. We will agree with that. The Saints turned the ball over four times. You had four takeaways. That had not happened since their regular season game uh, all the way back in 2016. Again, the takeaway is a big story. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk after this game about Drew Brees. It may or may not be his final game. If it is his final game, uh, what do you have to say about competing against him as you have all these years? Oh, man, what a great, great pro, great person, what a great representative of the Shield and the Saints. I mean, you can't say enough great things about Drew and his career and what he's done in the community and everywhere else. He's just a hell of a human being. And finally, you're on to the NFC title game and another rematch, this time with Green Bay, who you beat here back in October. Uh, immediately after this is over, I know you're elated, and you'll turn your attention shortly to the Packers, right? Yeah, we'll get back and uh, celebrate tonight and go to work tomorrow. Coach, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Indeed. Enjoyed and get ready for the Green Bay Packers who won on Saturday against the L.A. Rams. 30-20, the final score in this one as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers advance to the NFC Championship game. For just the fourth time in franchise history, the first time in 18 years, there are a lot of high school seniors that are, uh, that are not really aware if you're a college-age student, you were a little guy or gal when the Buccaneers were last in the Super Bowl. How cool is this, though, that you get to the NFC Championship game a step away from that Super Bowl here coming in Tampa with a 30-20 to victory? All right, what about the Hall of Fame quarterback? Threw two touchdowns in the air, also had the quarterback sneak that helped clinch things, managed the game like he has throughout his career. Here's Tom Brady with the media when it was done. Tom, congratulations. What's it like for you to get to the NFC Championship, and, and how good was the defense setting you guys up uh, for some scores today? Yeah, defense was incredible all uh, all game. The turnovers were huge. Um, you know, last time we played them, we gave, you know, uh, we lost a turnover, I don't know, minus three. 
today was plus four. Um, you're not going to lose many games when you're plus four. So just a great effort. Um, they came up huge uh, offensively, made some plays when we needed to. Running game was great. Line protected great up front. Um, just a great week of prep. And, uh, you know, really proud of our team and everything we put in to get to this point. So there's only four teams left. We're one of them. And uh, it's tough to get to this point. So we need a big week. So got need a great week of practice. Got one of, one of the best teams in the league, obviously, in Green Bay. The top seed. And uh, Aaron's playing incredible. They got a great defense. So it's going to be a, a great matchup. Tom, uh, 14th conference championship game. Thomas, congratulations. Um, given everything uh, this team's been through this year, Tom, is this one a little a little bit different for you, different feeling? Yeah, just so proud of our, you know, everyone, the whole organization, you know, our coaches have put in so much work and effort getting us to this point and um, preparing us every day and um, just done an amazing job. And, uh, you know, guys really come together. It's a really unique team. And we have great chemistry. We have fun at practice. And uh, we work really hard to, uh, to get to this point, just like the other three teams remaining. So it's hard to get to this point. There's nothing guaranteed from this point forward. But, you know, we got to go out there and we gotta, we're got going to have to play our very best to, uh, to beat one of the best teams in the league. Hey, Tom, so much was made this week of 43-year-old versus 42-year-old. Uh, and you got some really big plays from 22- and 23-year-olds on your defense. How did you yeah. ask about the young guys and how well they handled the spotlight? They played incredible. And, um, you know, this team's been doing that all year at different times. You know, the defense has picked us up. Some weeks, the offense been a little bit better. Special teams have been so consistent. And, um, you know, the way the defense played today, they were spectacular. The way the offensive line played, Leonard Rowe, um, you know, it was just huge. All those guys came up big and we talked about it all week, what we're going to need to, to win, to get it accomplished. And, you know, it's a, it's a long ways from last time we played these guys at home. And certainly, you know, we started the season here and it's a lot better feeling sitting in this tent this time around than first time I was sitting here about 18 weeks ago. Hey, Tom, congratulations. In your video that you posted last Sunday, you had asked fans who, who they wanted to face because at the time you didn't know who your opponent would be. And then you said, I think I know, um, or I think I do. Uh, were the Saints, in fact, the team that you were referring to? And if so, what did it mean for you to go out there and, and to get a win against a team that, that had you know defeated you twice in the regular season? Yeah, it feels great to, to obviously beat a great football team. And um you know, that's, that's what feels best. And it's a team effort. And again, it just speaks to the commitment level of everybody in the organization and the coaches, the players, everyone coming together. And you don't beat great teams like this. This team's been one of the best teams in the league for a long time, 13 and three a few years ago, 13 and three last year, 12 and four this year. And, um, you know, they're just, they, get, they do a lot of things the right way. And I knew that, you know, for us going this week, we had to play a great game and our defense stepped up, played huge. Like I said, the offensive line was incredible. Um, you know, it's just a hard-fought game, very physical game. We'll need to get our rest in the next couple of days and then be ready to go for practice on Wednesday. Just incredible. You, you run out of superlatives for what Brady's been able to accomplish as that's now his 33rd playoff victory, more than double anybody else that has that. I mean, it's just incredible when you start looking at the numbers. I mentioned the 76 touchdown passes in his career, which is by far the most by any quarterback ever. I mean, certainly they throw the ball more in the present day, but not Drew Brees, not Peyton Manning. 
not uh, Joe Montana in the modern era, era, Brett Favre, Troy Aikman, any of those Hall of Fame quarterbacks have thrown as many touchdown passes in a postseason career as Tom Brady as they went on the road and got the win. And by the way, Brady had demonstrated this in the one previous time that they had been on the road in the divisional round of the playoffs. Back in 2006 with New England, they won in San Diego over the then San Diego Chargers as Brady led a second-half comeback in that game in San Diego, 24-21. to uh, New England was always at home in the first and second round of the playoffs of the divisional round uh, in, in weekend number two. Rarely on the road, and so now Brady 2-for-2 two two with wins for the Patriots in San Diego and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in New Orleans. Let's hear some more from the victorious Buccaneers after this game was over with. Devin White, all he did was have 11 tackles to tie a Buccaneer playoff record from some guy named Derek Brooks and two takeaways, a fumble recovery and return and an interception and a return in that second half. Here's Devin White. Devin, just, uh, you know, you hadn't played in a couple weeks, man, but you, you get two big turnovers. What was what was with your defense and your game in particular today? Hey, it's all a team effort. I think the number one thing is, you know, Ty Boyle said we're going to be feisty. We're going to challenge those guys, and, you know, he's going to take us over them. And I said the same thing. I said, man, I'm going to take my guys over their guys, man, because I know one thing. We might be young, but we can get after, you know, when we got our mindset to it. I mean, everybody's seen it. Where, where is the Tampa Bay defense from the Green Bay game? And we was really feisty with him. We was really challenging him at the line of scrimmage, and we was really getting out the quarterback, and I think we had that same mentality. Did you guys feel like Breeze wasn't going to throw the ball down the field much that you could kind of sit on some underneath stuff? Man, we just felt like Breeze kind of, uh, you know, I felt, we kept feeling like we was taking his guys off, taking him off the spot, you know, the spots that he wanted to go to by pressing at the line of scrimmages, you know, throwing the timing off. That's basically it. It wasn't nothing Breeze did. It was everything our defense did. Devin, first off, congratulations. You told us earlier in the week, you said that you needed a statement game against Drew Brees, that you felt like you hadn't had one of those yet. What does it mean for you to to accomplish that mission, especially considering you didn't get to play last week? I mean, uh, the only thing was, number one thing about this game was my team got the victory. Uh, everything that happened in the game, that was just God's will. You know, just me playing within the system, all us playing together, all us being on the same page, all us believing in one another. I mean, everything happened, man. We did that together. You know, it ain't no individual credit for me. And I'm just thankful. You know, the only thing was come down here, round three, knock them out, man. Our whole mindset with this weekend was they won the first two rounds. We got to win round three. And that's what we did. Again, feel good for all of these guys. But feel good, especially for Devin White, who couldn't play the last two weeks because of COVID-19, overcame the illness. Uh, Again, a Louisiana guy, an LSU guy. Uh, helping the Buccaneer defense put the put the lid on the Saints and seal it. Uh, again, White with 11 tackles in the game, the four takeaways, uh, the most in, in any game against the Saints in four years. How about Michael Thomas didn't have a catch in this game for the Saints? Yes, they were able to make some plays. Uh, Traquan Smith deserves credit with making a couple of big plays in the past game. They did some things. Alvin Kamara ran for more yards than what the Buccaneers have been averaging, allowing all season long. Got the rushing touchdown. Or um, actually, he didn't get the rushing touchdown, but uh, helped lead them down the field with some of the rushing yards that he had in the early third quarter. But by and large, the Buccaneer defense silenced these guys. And Devin White, we called that name time and again, making hits after plays. He wasn't the only one. I mean, Winfield, knocking that ball out as a rookie, 
making that play. We saw Sean Murphy bunting, leaping, and making the interception. He knocked a couple of other balls away. Levante David making tackles and hits. Uh, on that defensive line, Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue, uh, Shaq Barrett, Raheem Nunez, Roches, Nacho, William Golston, they were making plays on the on the defensive line in the run game. Complete effort, but Devin White symbolized it there, and it's got to be satisfying. I'll speak uh, even more than what he spoke. It's got to be one of those that he's going to talk about forever. You play in your first playoff game because he didn't get to play against Washington. You play in New Orleans when you're from Louisiana, Louisiana native, Greater New Orleans native, against the Saints, and you make a couple of huge plays like Devin White did to beat Drew Brees, the Hall of Fame quarterback, who's likely retiring now that this is done. Cannot say enough about that. Want to stick one more interview in, and that includes left tackle Donovan Smith. How good has this offensive line been for the Bucs? Again, no Alex Kappa. As we said in all of the buildup, a fractured ankle for him in the Washington playoff game. So Aaron Stinney replaced him. He's a two-year veteran and never started a playoff game. He held his own. Again, the rookie Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. I know he had a penalty uh, in the game, but by and large, he held his own. The Buccaneer offensive line only allowing one sack the entire game. That one coming in the first half. The Buccaneers had over 100 yards rushing between what Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette did. Can't say enough about the line and the job that it has done down the stretch of the season and in the playoffs. And Donovan Smith spoke on their behalf to the media when it was done. Congratulations, Donovan. Uh, Take us inside that locker room. What's it like after losing twice to these guys and now going to the NFC Championship game? Oh, man, everybody was fired up. Um, You know, obviously, like you said, they beat us twice in the regular season. But at this point, nothing matters. Uh, We came around round three with the knockout um, and came out on top. So. You know, everybody in the locker room was hype. Donovan, congrats on the win. You guys have been playing outstanding since the bye week, but you personally, have you have you played better ball than you are right now in the playoffs? I mean, I feel like I've been doing the same thing for the past five or so years, but, um, yeah, you know, we just, uh, we've been building. Um, you know, you got to get hot at the right time, uh, feeling good. Um, obviously, I'm feeling good. You know, the rest of the guys are feeling good, and, you know, it's showing. So, you're going out there playing Bucks ball, and uh, it's gelling together fine, so. You know, this Saints defensive line, you know, they've gotten to Tom before only one sack today. That was early in the game. Uh, What was the key to you guys having so much success up front? Oh, man, just winning our one on one battles. Um, We knew what it was going to be coming into the game. Um, And, you know, we just had to win our one on one battles, Uh, you know, them versus us. So, you know, obviously we came out on top. I tell you all all the time, I rock with my guys all the time. And, you know, we they stepped up big. Big shouts out to the defense. I think it was, what, four turnovers or something like that. So, you know, um, anytime you do complimentary football to get turnovers and, and come back and score and put points on the ball, it's huge. So big shout out to all of them on the D. Hey, Donovan, this this is such a personal rivalry between these two teams. Guys have taken shots at you. Uh, Mike and Marshawn have gone back and forth. What does it mean to, to just be able to silence them with a win like that? This is Leonard Fournette City. We got the last laugh. And Money Mac is the goal. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Donovan. Yeah, to that effect, Donovan, what can you say about not just Leonard's performance, but Ronald Jones? Those two guys uh, really had just a wonderful game. Yeah, you know, um, anytime you got them two backs back there, uh, it's huge. You know, they're both special in their own way. um, And they create issues, you know, for the defense. So, you know, anytime that they get back there, get the ball in their hands and they run hard and and do what they got to do, and, you know, it's going to be a great outcome, as you see. Uh, so hats off to those guys. 
hundred uh, percent for for you know their ability and what they do, the hard work and, and, and stuff to put in through the season. Um, so yeah. The line continues to keep the pocket clean, and the Bucks continue to get Tom Brady time to throw with all of those weapons from Evans to Godwin to Gronk to Brait. I know Antonio Brown didn't play in the second half after tweaking his knee, but how about Tyler Johnson, the rookie with a big third down catch, Scotty Miller with another catch. Second-year player, you're going to different guys sparking this team. Give the Buccaneers credit and give that offensive line credit. Ali Marpet, the center, Ryan Jensen, holding in with Stinney and Wirfs on the, on the right side and Donovan Smith playing left tackle, leaving Gronkowski in there to block some. Great job by the line for the protection and for the win, a sweet, sweet victory as the Bucs become the first team since the 2007 New York Giants to win a playoff game against a team that had beaten them twice in the regular season. The Cowboys beat the Giants twice in that regular season. Oh, and you're going to love this, Buccaneer fans, as I progress through the stat. The Giants won the rematch in January 2008, the 2007 season and the playoffs being played in January of 08. They beat the Cowboys in the divisional round on the road in Dallas. And then the Giants went where? They went to Green Bay to play the Packers and Brett Favre and won the overtime game when Favre threw the interception and Lawrence Tynes kicked the winning kick with Eli Manning, Plaxico Burris, uh, Michael Strahan, that whole, uh, that whole Giants bunch with Tom Coughlin. They won that game and then they won the Super Bowl against who? Tom Brady and the 18-0 Patriots winning that game out in Arizona in the Super Bowl back in 2008. And now things line up with Brady's new team, the Buccaneers, becoming the latest team to win after the opponent had beaten them twice in the regular season. Bucks had never played the Saints in the playoffs. We're going to talk about this for a long, long time. I've been saying for almost two full decades, you're going to talk about that win at Veterans Stadium to close down the vet and beat the Eagles for 15 years, 25 years, 50 years, maybe forever. You're going to talk about this win over the Saints, who beat the Bucs twice in the regular season, closing down Drew Brees' career, as it looks like that Brees, at 42 years of age, will retire after this loss. Of course, we're going to remember this for a long, long time, and rightfully so with what the Bucs were able to do. A couple of more accolades that we were mentioning uh, as the Buccaneers get this victory. Congratulations to them. Love uh, love all the jobs uh, that were being done by all the different guys. Uh, by the way, the three interceptions in a game, second most in, in playoff franchise history behind that Super Bowl win over the Raiders where they picked Rich Gannon five times. Uh, also, four takeaways uh, in a single postseason game for the Buccaneers. Four takeaways is the second most in any postseason game matching the Super Bowl again with the five interceptions against Oakland. Also, in the divisional round of those same playoffs, the 0-2 season, the 0-3 playoffs, five takeaways in the win over San Francisco. Jeff Garcia, Terrell Owens and company, and the Buccaneer defense with Sapp and Brooks and Lynch and Barber and Shelton Quarles, all those guys. Brian Kelly, Dwight Smith took it away five times from San Francisco, and then later in the same playoffs, five times on all the interceptions from Oakland. This was the second-best output. Uh, with four takeaways uh, in that game, and Sean Murphy bunting uh, with the uh, with the back-to-back interceptions uh, in this one, and again the Buccaneers cashing in 21 points off of the uh, off of three of the four takeaways. So great job by the Bucks. 
uh, as they're able to get this victory. And we mentioned Tom Brady. How about uh, Brady now only behind Brad Johnson's five touchdowns uh, in his, uh, really in the 2002 postseason that he had them, even though Brady um, has only played one postseason and Brad Johnson played in uh, two postseasons for the Buccaneers in 2001 and 2002. All of Brad Johnson's touchdowns came in the 2002 postseason. So Tom Brady right behind him with four postseason touchdown passes. Brad Johnson with five has the all-time franchise record. And again, Tom Brady now, and I may have shortchanged him. I may have said uh, 76 touchdowns. It's 78 passing touchdowns now in his career. That's just ridiculous. The next closest one is Joe Montana, who's been retired for 20 years. Montana, 45 touchdown passes. If you're wondering, uh, right after that, Brett Favre with 44. Aaron Rodgers still active with 42. Has a chance to catch up some to Brady. Probably not going to get near 78. you got to throw 36 more touchdowns. With Aaron Rodgers having 15 years in the league, probably not going to happen. All right, so anyway, uh, the accolades continue to pour in for the Buccaneers, and rightfully so. Fourth time now they'll play in the NFC title game against Green Bay. By the way, the last time the Packers hosted an NFC title game was that game in January of 2008 that I referenced, and the Giants beat them in Green Bay. It's the fourth time the Packers are in the NFC title game in the last seven years. They beat the Rams on Saturday decisively. Aaron Rodgers throwing for the two touchdowns, running for another But this is the first time now in 13 seasons they've hosted the NFC title game. Forecast, extended forecast. We'll see if this holds up. 25 degrees, somewhere around there. 25 degrees midday Sunday and a chance of snow Sunday at Lambeau Field for this matchup with Brady and the Buccaneers. And it's a rematch of the 38-10 regular season win back in October of this season where the Bucs trailed 10-0. But Jamel Dean got the interception return for the touchdown. Mike Edwards got another interception right after that. Brady to Gronkowski for a touchdown. Uh, You were able to put a couple of more scores up on the board. Drove down the field to start the second half with a touchdown. Just uh, drove a stake right through Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the second and third quarter of that game. I remember vividly being right there in the front row, Raymond James Stadium in the operational zone. You could see the body language on the on the Packers. They were demoralized and, and beaten down in the third quarter of this game. Aaron Rodgers was pulled in the fourth quarter of the game after the Bucs had gotten to him and sacked him three or four times. Uh, Matt LaFleur, the coach, said enough's enough. We're taking him out. Tom Brady was lifted in, in the game with about seven minutes left. It was a laugher for the Bucs at 38-10. So this is the rematch. There'll be a lot of buildup about this game and about the first meeting and about the history of the Packers playing at home. And if you're wondering, Tom Brady has success in the former AFC Championship games. Of course, they won the game in overtime with the Chiefs a couple of years ago. They pre- In fact, Tom Brady's first postseason when he took over for Drew Bledsoe Uh, They won the AFC title game in Pittsburgh that year and then went on to win the Super Bowl with the Rams in Brady's first postseason with the New England Patriots. So uh, he has won some postseason games in the AFC championship game previously. Now it's an NFC title game with the Buccaneers on the road. Again, two previous times on the road, losing at St. Louis in 99, but coming back three seasons later and winning in Philadelphia in 2002 to advance to Super Bowl 37. So the Buccaneers, for the fourth time all-time, will be in the NFC Championship game with a chance to go to Super Bowl 55. One game away, 60 minutes away, 
Packers have been in the Super Bowl one time with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback back after the 2010 season. So trying to get back now in the 2020 season if they can. But let's see what that Buccaneer defense, the opportunistic defense, can do. I will say again here as we wind it down on Nothing But Bucks in the podcast, if you get any kind of defense like what we saw in the Superdome with as high-powered as the Buccaneer offense is, I know it's going to be cold and it's going to be unusual for some of these Buck players like Mike Evans, uh, Ronald Jones that have not really played in the cold elements in a postseason game. But, but, you know, by and large, you know, Levante David's never been in a postseason. He'll be out there. Devin White's never been in something like this in the cold. Jason Pierre-Paul's played in the cold, though, previously uh, with the Giants in the postseason and the road games uh, in the playoffs. Uh, and Dominican Sue has, uh, has also played in the playoffs in his career. He's a playoff veteran. Uh, when they played uh, in L.A. and won, again, Sue played in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with the Patriots, and the L.A. Rams were able to win and, and advance to the Super Bowl uh, in the postseason. So he's got a previous experience in an NFC title game. And then you go to Rob Gronkowski, who's got experience in, in winning the AFC title game and winning the Super Bowl. So many different guys to lean on for what will happen. Shaq Barrett also played on the Denver Broncos when they won the Super Bowl and won the AFC title game, beating the New England Patriots, by the way, that year. So you've got a lot of different guys with experience on the championship game, and some of them have played in cold weather. Can Antonio Brown heal up? Well, he looked like he tweaked that knee late in the first half. We'll get an update on him later in the week. Can he go? Can he play uh, or not in this one? Here we go with 60 minutes to make the Super Bowl. Buck fans, you have not been here in 18 years. Enjoy it. Savor it. Here is the chance. We have been dry. We have been dry like the Sahara Desert waiting for this. You have it right now with these two playoff wins. And a great career for Drew Brees may very well have come to an end at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about that? You talk about a legacy. I mean, Brees obviously has a Hall of Fame career with the Hall of Fame credentials and and got them a Super Bowl post-Hurricane Katrina. Uh, You will remember that forever if you're an NFL fan, and in particular if you're a fan in Louisiana, as they call it, in the Gulf South for what Breeze was able to do. But man, oh man, if they had one gut punch playoff loss after another for Drew Breeze. Remember, they lost to the 7-9 and nine, uh, Seattle Seahawks, the only team to ever lose to a team with a losing record once the 16-game schedules came out and they played a full season. The Seahawks beat them that year in Seattle with a 7-9 and nine record. Breeze and company also lost the Minneapolis Miracle a few years ago where Case Keenum threw that last-second touchdown to uh, to Stephon Diggs in the final 20 seconds of the game for the win. And now you move forward to the last three years where the Saints lose at home in the playoffs with Drew Brees every one of the seasons. The controversial loss to the Rams two years ago, that's where Sue and the Rams won the NFC title game when Brees and company had the controversial moment trying to hit the Rams with a with a long pass, and there was pass interference that wasn't called, a dubious no call. They kicked a field goal. They went to overtime, but Breeze threw an interception. His arm got hit, and he threw an interception in the OT. And the Rams kicked the winning field goal to beat him. Then last year, they lost in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Another gut punch for Drew Breeze, and now he throws three interceptions in what is likely his last game for the New Orleans Saints at home, a playoff loss at home in the Superdome. My goodness. Um, 
that's going to be part of the legacy and what gets told too. It's almost like lovable loser in these playoff situations for Drew Brees. And Tom Brady marches on looking for a record seven Super Bowl wins. He's already got six for the record. Can he get another one? They're a game away, are your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, so much excitement, so much buildup for this matchup with the Packers. The rematch of the regular season win, and the Bucs and the Packers have played in the playoffs. The Packers won in 1997 at home with Brett Favre uh, and company, beating uh, Trent Dilfer, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, and the fledgling Buccaneers who had made the playoffs under Tony Dungy that year and beaten the Lions the first week. They lost the divisional round of the Packers. Now going back to the Lambeau, a setting and the and the cold and potentially snow for this weekend. We're excited to see what happens come Sunday. That'll be the first of the two championship games. The other matchup has top-seeded Kansas City playing against the two-seed Buffalo in that matchup to go to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs trying to get back to the Super Bowl and repeat what will happen with Patrick Mahomes, by the way. He got dinged in the second half of their win over Cleveland on Sunday afternoon. How serious is the concussion? He couldn't return to the game. Can he play this week with Buffalo, who's had such a magical season? And the Bills, of course, beat the Chiefs and Joe Montana, speaking of Joe Montana earlier in the podcast, in the AFC Championship game back in, what, 1993, that AFC title game. Buffalo winning that one at home. This time it's at Kansas City, at Mahomes. That's the late game. So the Bucks and the Packers will go first at 3 Eastern time, followed by the Chiefs and the Bills for slots in Super Bowl 55. Can the Buccaneers make it to Raymond James Stadium and be the first team to ever play in a home game in their own stadium? Now, we should make mention, this is the first time this will get brought up, the Rams did play in the Super Bowl in Pasadena in Greater Los Angeles in the Rose Bowl against the Steelers in 1979, but that was not their home stadium. The Big A in Anaheim. Uh, was their home stadium that year. So you have had a team play in their area. Also, the San Francisco 49ers played south of San Francisco in Palo Alto, California, when they beat the Dolphins in 1984. That was not their home stadium, and it's not even in the same city in that instance. But now the Bucks have a chance in their city, in their stadium, if they can beat the Packers on Sunday. We'll see what happens uh, with that. Again, we'll be on the air on Buccaneers Radio at 2 Eastern time. The kick is just after 3 Eastern time from Green Bay with the Packers, the top seed, with Aaron Rodgers, another Hall of Fame quarterback. You think there might be some people listening to us and watching on the tube all over the country and all around the world through the Internet and the NFL television uh, beaming all over the place. I think there probably will be. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Fourth time ever for the Bucs and the uh, and the championship game shot here for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. The last time, closed down the vet and went to Super Bowl 37. What will happen 18 years later? We're ready to bring it to you with all of our coverage uh, coming up this Sunday. Gene and Dave will call the game. We're anxious for all of that. For now, that'll do it. My thanks to Steve Carney for the highlights, for the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. The Buccaneers are in the NFC title game. We're anxious to bring it to you on Buccaneers Radio when it is done. I hope to be recapping and talking Super Bowl 55 with you for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There are only four teams who can make it. Bucks and Packers, Chiefs and Bills. Let's see what happens this coming weekend. And a reminder, wherever you found us, however you found us, on this Nothing But Bucks podcast, subscribe through the Buccaneers mobile app, through Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the podcast, subscribe here to Nothing But Bucks. For now, we're done. Bucks and Pack coming this Sunday from Lambeau Field. A shot at Super Bowl 55, Buccaneer fans. Can't wait. 
and thank you for being with me on Nothing But Bucks.